This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. Diamonds were always bright and glitterly and, and needed to be in the light to actually shine and be dazzling, whereas the pearls had this soft inner luster that, that was deep and substantive, and I really, truly appreciate that as well. So for me, in a way, that's exactly what the introverts and the extroverts are. The extroverts need that light to be actually able to shine and glitter, whereas the pearls, they have this deep, substantive, luxurious luster on their own. Hi there, this is Carmen Panlilio, and you are listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hush Loudly, where we are always talking about introversion, the incredible world of introverts. And today, I would like to introduce you to a friend. So I'm not going to read her bio. Her name is Carmen Panlilio, and we discovered our love for introversion and understanding and knowing who we are. We had many long talks and deep conversations about the world, about introversion, about diversity, about inclusion, all of those good things. And so I really wanted to bring her on to just share and enlighten us because she is just dynamic and profound. So I'd like to just first ask the question I ask all of my guests, Carmen, are you an introvert? Yes, I am, Jerry. I am definitely an introvert. How do you know or how did you know sort of when did this first manifest? Well, actually, I think I was an introvert before I even knew the word introvert. Even as a child, I remember having a preference for finding quiet time or even just being by myself and reading or doing experiments on my own. I was not a loner by any means, but there was definitely a preference for for a little bit of quiet time. I had great friends. We would get together a great deal, even family gatherings. But inevitably, I would find myself walking away from all of the noise and finding a quiet corner where inevitably somebody else would join me as well and we would be there quietly. So even as a child, I kind of knew that introversion was something that I actually preferred. Yes. And so when people would join you, you know, how would that impact you? Since you know how we usually, I think, break off and separate when we need to recharge or we need to rejuvenate and, and, you know, protect our energies. So when someone would join you, would that disrupt your recharge or or what do you think about recharging and, and your need? When I was much younger, I'd actually be a little, um, a little annoyed. I'd, I'd, I'd be honest. I'd say I was a little annoyed. But, but as I got older, and even through my professional life, I learned to recognize that this was somebody else who also needed to find that quiet place. And usually, we'd recognize each other with just a smile, and it wasn't jumping into any conversation. If anything, they would join me in this quiet place. So it was good. It was a shared understanding that we didn't need to be our 
extroverted, gregarious selves, and we just needed to be quiet for a little bit. So for as long as there was that respect for each other's need for the quiet, it was okay. But of course, there's people who think that, oh, there, there must be something wrong that you're, you're, you're sitting quietly alone and they try to drag you out. I learned quickly to develop a means of letting others know that I was simply just taking a little break um, and it's nothing wrong. I'll be, I'll be right with them. I'll, I'll join them momentarily. And I think they learned to understand that as well. That's that's wonderful. And I want to just touch on something you said about being extroverted. And so Myers-Briggs, the experts on personality inventory, they talk about how it's a preference and that our introversion is a preference. But we are extroverted when we need to be and have to be and want to be for projects, for relationships, for whatever, for a presentation, for whatever, we turn it on and turn it off. But our preference is the less stimulating, sometimes solitude, being alone, all of these things. So I'm glad that you sort of mentioned that. When we were having a deep conversation, because we've had many, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, you talked about the difference. You talked about, let me get it right, introverts and extroverts. And you used a analogy. You talked about diamonds and pearls. And if you remember that, you know, it was so profound to me. Can you share your analogy and, and how you describe introverts and extroverts? I have this big smile on my face when you reminded me of that, because for me, it's still very real. I always thought of extroverts as the diamonds and the introverts as the pearls. And I'm not saying that one is more precious than the other, but they are both precious gems in a way, but they have their own distinct way of shining. Diamonds were always bright and glitterly and, and needed to be in the light to actually shine and and be dazzling whereas the pearls had this soft inner luster that that was deep and substantive and i really truly appreciate that as well so for me in a way that's exactly what the introverts and the extroverts are the extroverts need that light to be actually able to shine and glitter whereas the pearls don't necessarily need that light they have this deep deep substantive luxurious luster on their own so I'm not sure if that's what you remember, but for me, it still yeah. is such a true thing. I love that. And I'm thinking about, you know, Prince had a song, Diamonds and Pearls. I don't think he meant that, but that's okay. We love everything Prince did. <laughs> um, so I just had to mention that. But yes, I love that. I think it's profound. I think it is deeply true and a great analogy to help people understand who still may not understand the difference between introversion and extroversion. So thank you for that. I know that you have been a leader in various positions, always at an executive level, and you've managed large teams in high-stress roles uh, with expectations that are tough. And as an introvert, this environment with 10 or 20 or however many staff who's anxious about meeting goals and, and they have to be aggressive and assertive to meet these goals, how did you manage those types of teams as a more introverted person? And then how did you also protect your energy since we know we have to and that there are some people on the teams who need us more and need our energy? How did you manage that whole dynamic? 
Um, if you don't mind, I'll answer the second to the last question first. And yeah. that's how I would protect my own energy myself as an introvert. And I did that by very deliberately guarding my alone time, as I called it, right? So I needed to make sure that I had enough of that alone time, even if it meant retreating into my office for 15 minutes to half an hour. And by the way, making sure that my environment, my my office was one that was supportive of me as well, meaning there were things in there that were meaningful to me that would help calm me down and, and help me become more introspective and relax and recharge. So... I definitely guarded my alone time. And in fact, even at conferences, I always knew where the bathrooms were. Let me put it that way. Because sometimes that's what you need to do. Get away from the crowds and just breathe a little. Now, in terms of um, supporting teams and in my professional role as a leader and a manager, one of the things that I learned very quickly was to recognize that not everyone is that diamond and that there are some pearls as well, recognizing that there were different people within the one team and knowing and understanding that there are introverts in teams who may not as be as loud or as gregarious or as aggressive even is one of the words that, that, that comes to mind, but who are just as and sometimes more capable and effective. And being an introvert myself, I'm not making the assumption that the extroverts are automatically better, stronger, or more effective. So, so I think that's one of the advantages. And knowing that, I would deliberately create strategies and environments that would allow both types of personalities to be comfortable in terms of sharing their thoughts and to provide input and, and be validated without just a preference for the rah-rah-rah that one might expect or the other. So just making sure that inclusiveness was there. And, and we don't usually use the word inclusive when it comes to personality types, but I think it really is needed as far as managing teams. So this kind of sets um, the teams up for success, not only because it encourages the quiet ones, the introverts, but it's also teaching the extroverts they have valuable team members and these introvert teammates. I think that's one of the best aha things is when they realize, oh, he or she's quiet, but wow, she's got something to say and something to contribute. And that's really valuable. So for me, that's one of the best things. So would you say that that was your special sauce? So you talked about how you would create an environment that was inclusive and mm -hmm. it was equitable and, and inclusive for everyone. And so is that part of what made you or makes you such a great leader? Is that your special sauce? You recognize and then create these environments. And can you give a little more detail? Like what else would you do for your team? What's your special sauce, Carmen? That was part of it. That was the overall idea. But just to give you an example of exactly what, right? I remember when I um, first introduced the notion of having mindful meditation sessions available to staff at around 11 or noon and, and making sure that those who attended still had the time to eat their lunch. So this was not a choice of eating lunch or having mindful meditation sessions, right? It was, if you wanted to participate in that, great. And it was led by one of the other staff members who was actually adept at doing this. So just by creating that space available for the quiet ones or even the extroverts when they realized, hey, this is actually pretty useful. But just by creating the expectation or the openness to that kind of activity in a workplace, that was actually, um, I think that was quite powerful. And we had quite a few people take care of that. 
Another example that I can think of is very deliberately and specifically in meetings. We all know that in meetings, there's going to be one or two people who are very, very talkative, (laughs) very vocal. Yes, Yes. very talkative and... Very talkative and very vocal. And I've learned to actually find a way to not cut them off, but help them themselves allow other people to speak. And after the first meeting or so, they quickly understand that, you know what? have my say, say it first, as always, as far as extroverts go. But it actually is reflecting better for me if I actually allow others to speak as well. And sometimes I draw out the individuals who are usually quiet with phrases or invitations like, what about perhaps some perspective from X, Y, and Z, um, if you have any, or anybody else from a different area? Not necessarily putting anybody on the spot, but just suggesting mm-hmm. that others have their say as well. So meetings had to be run in a very purposeful manner, not just let everyone grab the mic and hold on to it forever. So there were, there were those. And then the other thing too, and this is something I really, really was very proud of. I made sure that there were idea boards. Mm-hmm. And by idea boards, I meant that The meeting was not the end all and be all. It didn't mean that if you didn't speak up at the meeting, you had no other chance to share your thoughts. I made sure that there were idea boards so that people who didn't quite say what they wanted to say at the meeting still had a chance to share their thoughts on these idea boards. And that's also good for introverts to come and add their thoughts to it again without verbally elbowing their way past the more extrovert extroverted or gregarious ones and then the following meeting the following group convening we would talk about those idea boards it's amazing what gets gets put on those boards so the idea board was it a physical board and people would just go up and write was it something digital that a portal what describe the idea board i had both one of them would be a whiteboard that was in a conference room that was specifically for our for, for our unit. So people would just go in and write those things. But the idea board, too, is I'd actually open up an, a conversation, an email conversation or an electronic conversation, and people just responded to it. And I remember when I first started this, it was actually taking advantage of the minutes of a meeting. And instead of saying, here are the minutes of the meeting that were that were put together by the secretary and this is it. No, if we missed anything, if we want to add anything that could be discussed, perhaps at the next conversation, add it at the, at the end of it. So it became both um, because different, again, different people, different styles. And some are quite articulate in terms of writing down their ideas and some are actually good at diagramming or or throwing them out there because a lot of the things we talked about were processes too so that whiteboard or just having a place to drop off something they wrote was a really good a really good addition i love that and and specifically for introverts because i know many of us when we're in the moment and we're still processing and listening and observing the idea or the final whatever may not necessarily come to us as quickly. And so I value having a relationship where I can go later or email later and say, hey, because I get the best ideas when I'm driving, you know, so it may come to me when I'm driving home or something like that. So I love this idea of an idea board that anyone could just go up to at any time and add to the conversation. I think that that's really meaningful for introverts and for anyone who may not be just the most talkative. I love that. 
be honest though, Jerry, that mm-hmm. came to me because I am I myself am one of those people who who figuratively kick myself because why didn't you say that at the meeting or why didn't you articulate that kind of thing, yeah. right? Because yeah. And, and and I I always felt the regret, and I'm thinking like, well, if I'm feeling that, I'm sure others are too. So so that was it. it. Was there was a bit of a selfish twist to that as well? And I was like hoping everybody else would kind of like take that idea as a given now in terms of sharing sharing thoughts. How did they respond? How did your staff respond to the meditation oh. and to the idea board? At first, it again different people responded differently right um of course there were the people the traditionalists who said wait a second minutes are minutes it means it's done but that's mm-hmm. why again managing the meeting was important make, sharing that th- this is not the end of what of the idea gathering or, or thought gathering thing but there was also ironically even a little bit of reticence on the part of some of the some of the introverts because I think I may have briefly mentioned it but some of them didn't feel like they could articulate it well especially in writing and I don't know if this is a generational thing where it's better to discuss things instead of putting something in writing. So there was a little bit of trepidation in terms of putting that in writing. But when they realized that it was space for sharing the ideas, it actually became quite powerful to the point that we had to modify it a bit and say, okay, there would be deadlines. You know how there's always deadlines and goals for things, right? Mm-hmm. So it really had to be planned out. This was not a forever open idea board for a specific subject. We actually had to put little deadlines for specific subjects or specific projects. And did the person have to identify themselves? No. So when they put a statement up, did they have to put like their initials or anything? It was optional because that was okay. the other thing. Again, not making people feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable, right? Okay. And there were, yeah. And, and actually, here's the other amazing thing. We realized that it wasn't even ideas from the people at the meetings. And this is what I loved about some of my managers, some of my directors. They would go back, as they should, back to their departments and talk about things because that was one of the things I, I really wanted them to do. And they would get ideas from their staff. Mm. And those those would actually surface up all the way up. So it's giving credit where credit is due and getting the ideas from beyond the people who were sitting around that table. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Because they, they themselves are managers of, of departments and staff. And the good thing about that is it kind of opened up this door, this very, very effective door or means of communicating with staff that I might not necessarily meet with on a regular basis because of my role or my level. And then somebody in private industry told me that those are called skip level meetings. That's a label that sounds quite ominous too, right? But getting to other staff through the managers was one of those absolute wins that we didn't expect. Wow. Okay. And I'd like to also shift now to the personal, get you out of the office. I love how you mentioned in the office, you created an environment uh, and brought things into your office that were calming and supportive to you. I've done the same thing. I think all introverts listening need to think about that as well. And even if it's a screensaver, something mm-hmm. that you know you connect with and can focus on and disconnects for if only for 10 minutes. But how do you also recharge when you're out of the office? What, what kinds of things do you do personally to recharge? In terms of, there's two things, right, for me, and this is not the typical answer either, but one of the things is I learned to appreciate my commute. 
is one of them, right? The commute from work to home. Mm -hmm. I learned to appreciate that, however long it was, because again, it was time alone in the car, Mm -hmm. thinking about things. I don't necessarily cram it in with conversations on the phone with other people. I like to think about it. And sometimes I know, I know you, for example, you like to listen to music. And that's the other thing too. It's like one way of kind of making yourself feel whole again, recharge again. But in terms of, in terms of at home or in my own space, I find myself engaging in activities that make being alone look normal. And this is me again, catering to that, to that extrovert world, right? But <laughs> activities that include long walks, right? Whether it's in, in, in the city or forest bathing um, or tree bathing, I think is what it's called. But activities that, that are actually typically done alone or with just one other person or a very small group at most. I also love to read and cook and bake. These are all things that while some people might find a way of making those very sociable and mm-hmm. social um, events, I actually love the fact that I can do those and uh, on my own, quietly. And and you're not fat at all. So Carmen used to bring <laughs> me these delicious treats, and I'd eat everything. And I don't know why I'm fat and she's skinny, but I enjoyed her baking, uh, her solitude and her baking. So thank you, Carmen, for all the treats over the years. And we have to wrap up now. So I want to ask you about your advice. You always had great advice for your team members, for your friends like me. And so I'm wondering specifically for introverts, do you have some advice, personal, professional that you could share with us as we wrap this up today? I guess first and foremost is to know that introversion is it's not a fault and make no apologies for it. First and foremost, do not apologize for being an introvert, right? If anything, celebrate it, accept it, know that it has its own strengths. That's why I love the whole analogy about the two precious gems or precious stones. So it's not a fault and make no apologies for it, introversion. Second is um, to take care of yourself and to make sure that you have the time you need to take care of yourself and keep yourself whole. Um, And I think that actually now bleeds into the work thing. But if you've ever find yourself in an environment, whether it's a work environment or a, or a social environment, that does not have the structures or, or, or the boundaries for all types to share ideas or contribute to the conversation, don't be afraid to create them. Create the structures. Create a way of being able to contribute. And this way, it's not just passive because introversion is not uh, the same as being passive. Introversion is a preference for for quiet or silence or, or aloneness. Maybe that's the wrong word, but it doesn't mean you're passive. So if you find yourself in a world that doesn't quite give you a chance to speak your mind when you need to, make a way to, to, to do so. And last, too much, but last, I believe in practice. One of the things that I dreaded the most was public speaking. Um, large groups. So practice, 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 practice past your nerves, practice past anything that makes you uncomfortable. Because you yourself mentioned, Jerry, we might be introverts, but we are called upon to be extroverts at times, sometimes more than what we're comfortable with. It's just the world we live in. And it's all part of our professions, our, our workplace. So it's not something that's insurmountable. If anything, it's something that you can actually master. 
and enjoy and relish on your own. Thank you, Carmen. Um, I'm still learning from you even now. Thank you. I think that our listeners will enjoy uh, your story and your advice. Continue baking, continue baking. Thank you for joining us on on Hush Loudly, Carmen Panlilio. Dr. I'm sorry, Dr. Carmen Panlilio. Thank you for having me, Jerry. I appreciate it. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep, show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop.